Welcome, everybody. Good to see you, City of God. It's Sunday morning, July 3rd. It's great to have you here. We're doing a special online service today. It's going to be really cool. What we're going to do is we're going to start off with a little bit of worship. I got one song I really want you to hear. It's called In the River. It's by Jesus Culture. After that song plays, I'm going to come back, we'll take a little offering, then we'll get into the Word, then we'll pray, and we'll get out, and we'll have a great Independence Day weekend. So watch this video right now. There is a river where goodness flows. There is a fountain that drowns sorrow. There is an ocean deeper than fear. The tide is rising, rising. There is a current stirring deep inside. It's overflowing from the heart of God. The flood of heaven crashing over.
Wasn't that a great video? Yeah, we're going to sing that soon, probably here in the service sometime. So get ready for that. That's called In the River by Jesus Culture. It's really cool. We always want to be a church that is, you know, a church that's always in the river, in the presence of God. And you say, well, why is that? Well, we want to be in the river because the river is the presence of God, and the river brings joy and healing and life and abundance. And speaking of abundance, I want to just take a minute, anytime we gather together, whether it's physically or it even online, we want to gather together. We want to have the opportunity to be able to take a minute to sow into the kingdom of God, to take a minute of generosity and abundance and allow God to work through us and to redeem all the things that he's given to us, specifically our finances. And so this, to this morning, today, I want to read this verse to you out of Deuteronomy. It's chapter 28 and verses 2 through 3, and it says this, And all these blessings shall come upon you, say, shall come upon me, and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall be you, Blessed shall you be in this city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Amen. We are blessed. God has a plan for you to get out of poverty, for you to stop struggling, for you to stop going from month to month. He wants us to go out of those things and into abundance. It's in his word. And he says that right there in Deuteronomy 28 is that these blessings are going to overtake you. Now, how do we get God's blessing to overtake us? Well, we do it by sowing consistently, by consistently giving our tithe, the first 10% of our income, by continually sowing seed. You cannot have a consistent harvest if you don't consistently plant, right? If you want tomatoes every season, then you got to sow tomato seeds. Same thing with our finances. you got to sow on a continual basis. And we believe at City of God because the Word tells us that when we sow, we will reap And we want to reap God's abundant blessings. Amen? We want to have God's blessings overtake us every single day of the week. On the screen right now is our text to give number, and it says 77977. So you type that number in where the phone number goes, and then just type in the word City of God LA in the message, and then you'll get back a link. So just follow the instructions. I'll wait a minute while you give it a try right now. Waiting. You did it? Great. Awesome. Now let me pray over this offering and then we're going to jump straight into the word of God this morning. All right. Father, we just thank you for your offering. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you offered yourself to us entirely. I thank you, Lord God, that you didn't live in poverty, but you died in poverty so that we could have abundant life. And today, as we give, as we sow, as we hear this word, Lord Jesus, that you would allow the blessings of God to overtake us. God, we want your blessings to overtake us so that we can be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when we come blessed when we go everything we do everywhere we go we'd have the abundance of god's blessing within us and everybody who believed that said amen amen now let's get into the word today we have been talking about having the best summer ever and we've covered how to have a teachable spirit how to have a committed heart uh, an unbridled tongue where we're taking control of what we're saying and then last night Paige preached um, an amazing message called freedom through forgiveness and when we walk in ultimate freedom it comes because we've forgiven people We cannot be forgiven by God unless we forgive others. And so it's a crucial part of becoming a strong disciple in the Word of God. Now today, I want to talk about our attitudes. 
Having the right attitude will lead you into the best summer ever. And I want to show you how in this message. But let me first start off by saying this. Your attitude determines the season you enter. Whatever season you're in right now or whatever your season you're about to get in, it's probably the result of your attitude. If you've been having a bad attitude and lack of faith and just filled with doubting and negative negativity and criticism, then the next season that you're going to go into is probably going to be along the same line. So today we want to get you out of that season and into a new season. When you change your attitude, you will change your world. You'll change your joy, and you'll even change your finances. If you have a wrong attitude and you think, well, God doesn't want to bless me. He doesn't want these blessings to overtake me. That's all just something for somebody else. When you have that attitude, God can't bless you. But when you take on the attitude of faith and joy, then guess what? God can bless you, and His blessings will overtake you in your life because your attitude, your faith has changed. Amen? Everyone talks about attitude. When you, you've heard these sayings, you need to keep a good attitude. You need to check up from the neck up. Your attitude will determine your altitude. Basically saying that whatever you're doing here is going to help you get to the next level or take you down a level. But know this. These are more than just popular phrases. They reveal an invisible awareness of the importance of your mood, which is birthed and by your chosen attitude. If you have a bad attitude about everything in life, if you're negative Nancy, if you're the Debbie Downer of all the things that are going on in life, then guess what? You are going to go down and down and down and down. And we've all seen it, right? We've all seen the, the Debbie Downer. Every time somebody says something good, they come back with something negative. Every time somebody has a good thing in life, yeah, it'll probably never last. Oh, just wait for the storm to come around the corner. Those are not useful attitudes. And today, we won't just want to talk about a good attitude or a useful attitude. We want to figure out what is the best attitude and how can I have the best attitude. So this morning, I want to give you just a brief but strong exhortation. This is not a sermonette for Christianettes. This is a message just for you and I today about having a good attitude. And I believe it's going to change the course of our life. The next season that we go into, this as, as, we, get, you know, as we go into the summer, having the best summer ever, and then into the best fall, I believe that these five keys will open up doors for your life to have more blessing, more favor, more grace, a better attitude, more joy in everything. as you change your attitude. Amen. So let's get into the first one. The first thing you got to do is you have to realize what type of attitude you have. Many people have wrong attitudes and they don't even realize they're possessing them. I mean, sometimes we just say things because we don't even really know what's going on. We're just kind of reacting to the situation. And because of the things that have happened to us, we're just reacting according to how things were things were happening to us. And so we're just saying, oh, man, that's horrible. I don't want that to happen. I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. Last time I did this, something bad happened. Last time I did that, something even worse happened. And so we don't even realize that we're having bad attitudes. A lot of times we'll use angry words or we'll use sarcasm or cynicism to create a response from other people. This is what you see a lot of times in the media. The the media is using sarcasm and cynicism to project that onto people. They'll even use humor to sort of play off things that are not right and not true just to prove a point and get across their own ideology. We don't want to have that way. We want to speak plainly. We want to have useful, good, and right attitudes. 
They use the, a lot of people will use their attitude to intimidate and rule over those who, who are in their authority. Maybe you'll see a boss who will come in and whenever something goes wrong, he flies off the handle and storms out of the room and slams the door or berates an employee for not doing a good enough job. That, that's not a good attitude. That will never solve anything in life. Let me, let me show you this. Jesus says this. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Okay, that's Paul talking to some disciples. He says, let this mind be in you. The same mind that Jesus had is the same mind that you should have. And then he goes on to say, consider others better than yourself. The mind that we are to have, you know, and these are not these are not cool ideas. These are what God is saying. These are the attitudes that we're supposed to have to have a right attitude. We need to be having the mind of Christ in everything we do. We need to be considering others better than ourselves. Now, we live in a self-centered world. We live in a world that's always telling us to put ourselves first, have some me time. You've got to, you know, step on somebody to get to the next level. You've got to be hustling and hungry and humble and all these kind of things. You've got to work hard, to play hard, to stay hard, to pray hard, whatever it is. The bottom line is we are to have the mind of Christ in everything we do. Determine today, what kind of attitude are you having? Is it a good attitude? Is it a useful attitude? Is it a wrong attitude? Is it a bad attitude? When we submit our lives to Jesus and we allow the self-control of the Holy Spirit to work in our life, then the right attitudes will begin to flow from us. What are the right attitudes? Jesus lists them off. He says, look, these are the fruit of the Spirit. These are the fruits of a good attitude. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The nine fruits of the Spirit are good attitudes. They're traits that we are to have. Jesus calls them, in, in the Gospels, He calls them the Beatitudes, or things that we should be, the attitudes that we are supposed to be, the Beatitudes. The same things, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, etc., etc. Those are the good attitudes that we're supposed to have. So ask yourself this today. Am I having a good attitude or a bad attitude? Am I having love or am I having hate? Am I having joy or am I having anger? Let's change those as we submit to God. Let's have His right attitude. Okay, number two, we learn bad attitudes from childhood. Think about this. Children can learn to use wrong attitudes early in life. We've all seen the child maybe at the grocery store or in line somewhere, and the child didn't get the pack of gum that they wanted, and what do they do? They throw a fit everywhere, and they fall on the ground crying and writhing and slapping their arms all over the place. And we look at the, the parent and the child, and we think, man, that's a handful right there. That's a bad attitude. That child is using manipulation to try and get its way. Well, here's the problem. Behavior permitted becomes behavior repeated. If nobody tells that child that what they're doing is wrong and shows them proper discipline, when they get older, guess what they're going to do? They're going to throw a fit. They're going to act like a giant baby. And that's what that tantrum is by the boss. He slams the door, runs out of the room. He's throwing a grown-up fit, and it looks just as dumb now as it did 35, 40 years ago when they were a child. We cannot allow childish behavior, childish attitudes to flow from our lives. 
Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, the unsaved, they dominate others with their wrong attitudes. They puff themselves up and say, go do this and go do that. I'm the boss. I'm in control. I'm the one under authority. But he says, with you, it's not, that's not the way it's supposed to be. We are to serve each other in humility. The first, some of the first words out of a child's mouth are mine, me, me, give it to me. I want my way to be done. And if we don't learn to change those as we get older in life, that behavior that's been permitted is going to be behavior that will be repeated in our life. What behaviors are you repeating? Are you manipulating? Are you crying? Are you whining? Are you lashing out in anger to get your way? If so, allow the Holy Spirit to come in and change that. Sometimes simply by asking the right questions and changing your attitude, you'll be able to have the right outcome, the things that you're actually wanting, rather than manipulating and throwing a fit. Have you permitted an irresponsible attitude to dominate your life? Do you still throw a fit when you don't get your way? If that is the answer and you say yes to that, maybe even in little things, Again, allow the Holy Spirit to get into your heart this morning. Allow Him to change and grow and and work in your life so that you don't have to act like a child. Jesus told us not to be childish, but to be childlike. Childlike faith, childlike humility, childlike wonder, childlike discover. Those are the childlike traits that we're to have, not childishness. There's even a hashtag right now called adulting that people, young people in their mid twenties, when they should be moving on to maturity and adult, they say, I'm adulting today. I'm acting. No, you should not have to hashtag your adult life, maturity, responsibility. These are the character traits of those disciples who are growing in their relationship with Jesus. You don't need to be adulting. You are an adult. Let's move forward and grow in our relationship and grow in having a good attitude. Amen. Amen. Number three, your attitude is more powerful than your gifts and your talents. Think about that for a second. Attitude is the powerful force that attracts others toward you or repels them away from you. Again, we've all seen this on TV and movies. There's the superstar diva, you know what I mean? And they're so good at everything. They can throw the football. They can run the race. They can do the dance. They can make the painting, whatever. They can play the song. But because of their crummy attitude, because they've been coddled and praised and flattered all their life, when things don't go their way, they freak out and, again, act like children. It doesn't matter how gifted they are. If people don't learn to have a useful attitude, a right attitude, it will repel people from them. Eventually, everyone will walk away because they cannot work with this person. Many gifted people never taste the rewards of their abilities. They never taste the rewards of their creativity because their attitude makes them undesirable to be near. Have you ever been around somebody who was so smart, so talented, so cool, whatever it was, that you didn't even really want to be around them because their attitude was so bad and so wrong? That's not what you and I, that's not what we're, anyone is called to be like that. Our gifts and talents, our abilities have been given to us by God to be used for the mission that he's given us. Remember, even our, our, our statement here, our mission statement at City of God, fully formed disciples on mission. On mission is when our gifts and our talents that God has given us, when our geography and when our calling, when all those things intersect, that's when we're on mission. You cannot be on mission with a bad attitude, at least not for very long, 
Because people will not want to go where you're going. They're going to look at your mission and say, you can do that alone because your attitude stanks. So we've got to have a good attitude. Your attitude, I want you to understand this, your attitude is the force that determines whether you multiply or decrease. With a good attitude, we can begin to multiply. We can begin to lead others into deeper relationship with Jesus. We can lead others into greater problem solving, lead others into abundance because they'll want to be around us. But with a crummy attitude, it's going to make us decrease. People will be leaving us. Friends will be leaving us. Jobs will be leaving us. Job opportunities will be leaving us because of our bad attitude. Your attitude determines your access. Who do you want access to? Maybe it's a boss, a mentor, a family member, a friend, whoever it is. Your attitude is determining your access to them. What is your attitude? to? Are you honoring them? Are you respecting them? Are you looking up to them? Are you showing them the, the honor that they deserve because of their position or whatever it is? Or are you having a bad attitude? Are you speaking ill of them? Are you talking behind their backs? Are you telling everyone how they're not good? And then in their face, you tell them they're good. That's a bad attitude. Your attitude can determine your access. What is your attitude to Jesus? If you want greater access to Jesus, the best attitude, one of his favorites, is the attitude of, sorry for the rhyme, the attitude of gratitude. He loves a thankful heart. He loves a thankful person. He loves it when we come in and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Enter into my gates with thanksgiving. Enter into my courts with praise because God loves a thankful heart. Amen. Let's go into God's throne room today even and thank him. Just take a minute right now. Just wherever you're at in your living room, in your car, hopefully not in your car driving, but wherever you're at watching this video, just take a minute and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your abundance. Thank you. You want your blessings to overtake me. Amen. Let's be thankful. Number four here. You are responsible for correcting and changing your own attitude. Okay, we are not victims. Paige was talking about it last week. She was carrying those weights, remember? She was showing us how when we don't forgive, we carry the weight around. And the other person, they're free to roam, you know, run through the, 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 the fields and dance in the water and all that kind of stuff. All the things liberated people like to do. I'm free, right? But when we do not change our attitude, when we do not forgive, even though we're responsible to, we get in trouble. You have the responsibility and you have the ability to change your attitude today. You say, but man, people have hurt me and it's real on the pain and it hurts and they've been close friends. They've been, I understand. Trust me. I've been hurt by friends and family and, and different people and all those kind of things. I've been hurt from other pastors, all that kind of stuff. But when I choose to forgive, when I choose to change my attitude, it is the power tool that God uses to help us avoid and overcome the negative circumstances in life. Today, you can use attitude as the tool that gets you out of negativity. It's the tool that will get you out of the bad circumstance or the bad situation that you are in simply by changing your attitude, having an attitude of joy and peace, and even having an attitude of faith, saying, yeah, God, I'm ready. I can do this. I can do this by your grace. You've enabled me to. I've got the Holy Spirit on my side. God is on the throne. Jesus is at the right hand. The Holy Spirit dwells in me. If God is for me, who can possibly be against me. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm favored. I'm graced. Amen. That's a good attitude. And we can control that attitude. Joy, we like to say this, joy is a choice. I choose to be joyful. 
I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say to myself, to everyone around me, rejoice. I choose that your attitude will affect your ability. In Philippians 4, verse 11, Paul says this, I know how to abound and I know how to abase. Yet in all things, God is working through me. Christ makes me abundant. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. His attitude, no matter what he was going through, whether it was the abounding or the abasing, it didn't matter. He chose to have a good attitude and said, look, even if things are not the brightest, and I don't, I'm not doing the best financially or the best emotionally, I'm choosing to abound even in Jesus Christ, even allowing his strength while I'm being abased, while I'm not, while I'm a little bit in lack until I can get into that season of abundance. I believe today, if you're in a season of abasement, that sounded funny, didn't it? Even while you're in a season where you're not, things are not going as well as you want them to, or even you know the word says about your life to have them be better, I believe today your attitude to be content and allow Christ to strengthen you will get you into a season of abundance. Amen? If you believe that, just wave a little bit at me. Amen. Number five, what you magnify in your mind is controlling your attitude. If you meditate and focus on your own mistakes, you will become very discouraged and self-critical. Eventually, your negative attitude will turn into an abnormal criticism of others as well. See, when you focus on yourself and your faults, what happens is to make yourself feel better, you will criticize somebody else and look for all their faults and weaknesses. Yeah, man, I'm just not having a good day. I'm say, at least I'm having a better day than Billy over there. Look at Billy. He's all messed up. His things are going wrong. He ran into a car accident and got a speeding ticket and a parking ticket all in one day. At least... He's so dumb. I'm better. At least I'm not having all those things going through. And we have whatever we focus on, that becomes the focus of our life. And that becomes a bad attitude. Our attitudes can affect every relationship in your life. Think about this. If you have a husband or a wife or even a girlfriend or a boyfriend or even just another friend, when you focus on the mistakes of their life, what happens is you'll become to, you'll grow sarcastic. You'll become cynical and you'll maximize their mistakes rather than their strengths. Jesus says this or through, the, through the Psalms in the Proverbs, love covers a multitude of sins. When we choose to love, when we choose to see the best in people, it'll begin to overwhelm their weaknesses. And the devil is always trying to, he is a, he tries to maximize weakness and minimize strength. God maximizes strength, but then he also helps us in the midst of our weaknesses. So we want to maximize each other's strengths. Man, you are so good at this. You are such a good worship leader. You're such a good greeter. You're such a good disciple. You're such a good employee. You're such a good boss. Whatever it is, we want to maximize the strength so that we can see that our attitude will begin to change the, 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 the meeting, the, the, the world around us. Amen. Are you with me still? Okay, good. Last point here. You cannot change your attitude until you can change what you know. You cannot change your attitude until you can change what you know. Changes are always proportionate to your knowledge. 
And this is why we've been doing this series on the wisdom, and we do it every summer. We do a series on wisdom because the more we know, not just the more you know, not just that, but the more you know about God will allow your attitude to change. If you don't know you've got a stanky attitude, then you will not know to change it. If you don't know the commandments that God has given us, you'll not know what sin is. If you don't know that God has given us grace where sin abounds, then you will not know to have and walk in grace. If you do not know that the blessings of God will overtake you if you will sow and tithe and give and all that great stuff, then guess what? The blessings will not overtake you and your attitude towards God and even towards finances will be radically different. That's why we always take even five five or six minutes every single week to talk about finances, to get us in the right perspective, the right attitude, that money is not what we're after. We're after the true riches in heaven, but money allows people to come into the kingdom of God. It allows us to spread the gospel. It allows us to have this great building to meet in every single week. It allows people to get saved. It allows you know the kingdom of God to spread even in Los Angeles. But our focus isn't on the money. It's on our heart. What are we doing with it? Our attitude will not change until we we know and have a greater understanding of how God views finances. God has given it to us as a tool, just like he's given us our attitude as a tool to change the world around us, to change our life, to change our season. We can do that with our attitude. What is your attitude like today? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Has it been negative? Has it been wrong? I don't know what you're going through, but I do know this. Your attitude, your posture of faith and joy and love, it can change right now as you change your attitude. Bow your heads. Let me just, let me just pray for you right now, okay? Father, we just thank you, Lord, that our attitudes are coming in line with your word and with your desire and with your Holy Spirit. I pray today, Lord, where there was hate, there's now love. Where there was anger, there's now joy. Where, there's, where there was depression, there's now joy. Where there was anxiety, there's now peace. Where there was impatience, there's now long-suffering. Where there was, was just rudeness, there's kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Today, Lord Jesus, we're having the attitude that God has inside of us. He's put inside of us by the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, to walk and flow and to create a useful attitude. Lord, whatever attitudes we've had that are wrong and bad, today. We're changing them by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk and have good attitudes. And everybody who believed that said, Amen. Amen. Now have a great Independence Day tomorrow. Have a great week. We'll see you right back here July 10th. Guess what? We're having a special worship leader with us. His name is Michael Angelus. He's going to be leading us in worship. So grab a friend and bring them. That's next Sunday at 11 a.m. July 10th, right here in the building. Have a great weekend. We love you, and we'll see you soon.